You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. So I want to touch on those three things this morning. And firstly, let's just ask the question, like, what is peace? I think it's always good. I think it's a good uh, position to take or a good question in our mind uh, when we think about Scripture or when people are preaching is, is the question, what does that even mean? Do you know what I mean? Do you ever do that? Like, what does that even mean? But I think it's kind of healthy when we come to Scripture or a message to delve deeper into what things mean, to what God uh, means in a certain circumstance. Like, what does that even mean? When we're reading Scripture, we can ask God, what does that even mean? God, what does this mean? This is, this is totally confusing. I have no idea what you are talking about. And it's good conversation material to have with God. Just ask Him, what does this mean? You can delve down deep. You can find deep truth by asking God, what does this mean? So this morning, let's ask the question, like, what does peace even mean? Like, we don't, we don't kind of use the word peace too much. It's not a constant uh, word that is on our lips in kind of normal circumstances. You know, people, I guess, in the Bible, nicking James times, you know, used to probably say, peace be with you, brother. You know, we don't, we don't kind of, we don't leave people's homes and like, yeah, peace be with you, brother, and leave people's homes. We don't use the word peace too much. And I think a good stand-in for the word peace in our current cultural climate, in our context, is probably the word happiness. The way people use happiness in everyday life is really what we're talking about when we talk about peace. And I want to delve into the word here. Pastor Keith, you'll be proud of me. I've dabbled in a little of uh, Hebrew and Greek here. Um, The Greek word for peace, appear. Here we go. The Greek word for peace is erene. Did I say that right, Pastor Keith? Erene. Let's say erene. Sounded very good. Um, Now, the Greek translation, uh, New Testament kind of vibes, is um, it's great, but it is a little bit thin in its meaning in the sense that uh, it kind of really means tranquil, quiet, you know, the kind of you know, the general peace that we enjoy when we tidy our house and the kids are asleep. You know, that kind of, you know, that's, that's a true peace. That's, and Rene kind of talks about that peace. But when we look at what it means in uh, the Hebrew, shalom. Who's heard the word shalom before? I, I, it just feels peaceful to say it. I don't know. Say shalom. Shalom. Yeah, like... I mean, try that one on your kids next time. Just shalom, all right? Just <laughs> shalom. Or on your wife or your husband. Shalom. No, it's not going to work. It's going to be the opposite. But shalom, shalom has a much deeper, richer kind of meaning to it. And I love what shalom means. Let's have a look here. Shalom, amongst many things, can mean completeness, soundness, wholeness, and well-being. How good is that? Completeness. I love the word completeness and wholeness. That this peace that we are talking about this morning, that the peace that Scripture talks about, the peace that is from God, there's a wholeness to it. It brings wholeness. And shalom is not only referring to kind of our emotions, but it refers to our physical self and our spiritual self. That it brings wholeness and completeness 
to our being. Now, in the world, when we see, when we use the word happiness, we see everyone running around using the word happiness. And this is kind of really what they're talking about. Is when we, we hear people saying, when we drill down to people's deepest desires, like what do people really want in life? And we hear people say, I just want to be happy. I just, you know, like I've got, I've got a billion dollars, you know, who wouldn't love that? But I just, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. And what they're talking about is, I want to be complete. I want to, I want to have a sense of completeness in my soul. I want to have wholeness and well-being in my life. And I would say we all strive for wholeness and well-being. We all desire for a sense of completeness in our soul. You know, the idea of peace, the, 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 the fact that we need peace or we hunger for peace assumes that there is conflict and fragmentation in life and of our soul, a disorder. And if there is disorder, there must be an order to things, right? So this peace we're talking about, shalom peace, the completeness or wholeness of our soul. Despite my circumstances, despite the things going around, like it's not the things around me that are in order, but it's the order of my soul, of my mind, of myself. That's the peace that we're talking about this morning. That's great. We need peace. We know we need peace. We know we hunger for peace and desire peace. But where does peace come from? Like, where does it come from? Next, next slide says, where does it come from? <laughs> awesome. Where does peace come from? I've got a little, um, little off track here, but trust me, we're going somewhere. Who loves cooking? Who loves, a few people, who loves cooking? Who, who's like, a, you, you love eating the cooking? I love cooking. I, I love kind of the freestyle cook. You know what I mean? I love kind of, um, I don't like to be too boxed in or bound by a recipe. I love a recipe. It gives me the main idea of where to go, but then I like to put a bit of like a, a Simo spin signature on there and uh, give it my own kind of style, you know, and um, I love cooking, but the, the challenge of cooking that I love the most is when you kind of bust into the kitchen or you come home and it's like, okay, we need to eat, and, but we haven't planned a meal and we're not getting takeaway because that's going to that's gonna cost too much. All right, the challenge is I have to find stuff here and make something out of it. I've got to figure something out, you know. Like I, I kind of like it, you know, you're in the freezer and you're like, chicken, peas, and then you're in the cupboard and you're like some spices, that'll sort it out. And then, you, oh yeah, I'll chuck some of that in there. And I love it because you get to work and it's kind of the process is the part that I love, you know, like this freestyle. It's an adventure and you don't know where you're going. So you're creating this meal and you're like, <laughs> with the hope that this is going to turn out all right. You know, it's just it's pure hope. It's like, I have no idea. This is the Wild West. I'm out there on a limb. Like, you wouldn't do this if you had guests coming over. I mean, if you did, you'd probably let them know first. I don't know. You just wouldn't do it right. But many times I do this, and we're, in, we're cooking, and I'm like, Jess is like, is Nelly ready? I'm like, yes, yeah, it's going to be amazing. This is going to be good. I'm just, I'm hoping. We sit down. Like, I didn't dare taste it during the process because I'm just like, oh, you know, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. And we sit down and take a spoonful. Mmm, that's good, kids. It's good. Oh, this is not too, tasting too good. And uh, the kids don't like anything we make. They're just like, uh, I don't like this meal. I don't like this meal. Take it away. I want chocolate. Like, no, no, no. You're eating dad's meal. And sometimes it's amazing. You know, 
The hope is that I blow minds. And Jess is there going, this is unbelievable. You have outdone yourself. And I'm like, damn it, I didn't write down the recipe or how I got to this point. I can never come here again. This is a unique meal that you will never, ever have again in the history of our relationship here on earth. And, um, but sometimes it just flat out, it just fails. It is just, it's a woeful mess. And we're just kind of like, this is all we got. We're going to eat it. And we're just, you know, eating this food that doesn't taste that great. And we're just sauce, sriracha, salt, whatever it takes to, to make this thing edible, right? Let's make a toasted sandwich out of it. My point is, when it comes to, you know, a lot of us here have grown up in church. A lot of us have been walking with Christ a long time. And we know where peace comes from. We know, we understand in our minds where peace comes from. We know it comes from God. We hear it a lot of, many Sundays. But when it comes to knowing something in our minds and practically walking out something in our life, sometimes we forget. Sometimes we, we kind of know some things, but we don't kind of walk them out. And that's okay. That's the journey with God. But for a lot of us, sometimes what I think we do when it comes to peace, we it's like making a meal, and we try to get all these ingredients in our life right. We're trying to get, you know, I need a husband or a wife. I need someone to do life with. Yep, check ingredient. And these are all good things, by the way. These are all fantastic. Husband or wife, yeah, I need this, and I need, I need to get uh, this, this thing. This is um, holidays. If I can have a holiday every year, next one's Japan, next one's Europe. If I can have my holidays good... If I can have that position at work and, you know, there's something that, uh, in, that kind of just makes me come alive at work. If I can have that, put that in the recipe. Uh, what else? It might be like this, uh, I want a boat, you know, all these kind of things that we take in our life and our life circumstances. And we pick them up like they're recipes and we're trying to make this meal with the hope that peace is going to be the outcome. That the completeness of our soul Mind, soul, body, everything, that the wholeness and the contentment of our lives is going to somehow arrive because we concocted all these life circumstances to create this meal and that the outcome is peace. I would say a lot of people go their whole life hoping that the outcome of this meal is peace. And it's a sad day when they realize that the meal isn't peace, the outcome isn't peace. Now, they're all good things. They're all fantastic things. I'm not downplaying any one of those things or these things that we put into life. God has, you know, loves that we enjoy the things of life. But we cannot expect that the accumulation of these things in our life will result in the peace and completeness or the shalom of our soul. We'll be misled. We'll, find, we'll be wondering, God, where is peace? Where is peace, God? So where does it come from? It comes from God. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. How good is that? The Lord of peace. The Lord be with all of you. Romans 15.13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. How good is that? 
And then in Galatians 5, to 23, we see here, we see the fruit of the Spirit. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. How good is that? So looking at Scripture, we have to, we have to understand that our peace comes only from God. There is no other source of our peace. There is no other source of kind of the kind of peace that is deep. We can have temporal peace, you know, tidy room, Marie Kondo, Spark Joy, you know, tidy house, kids asleep. We can have temporal moments of peace. But the peace that transcends all understanding, the peace that goes beyond our life circumstances, the peace that is much deeper than, you know, a sick day watching Netflix all day to, you know, just catch up on some relaxed time for myself. It's a deeper peace. It's that peace in our soul that only comes from the Spirit of God. Nowhere else. It's not God and something else. It's not the Spirit of God. It's not church on Sunday. It's not even a service. It's not a program. Don't expect to come to church and hope that preaching and music will bring peace to your life. No, only God. That Sunday service is about experiencing God, experiencing the Word of God, and it's only from Him that we can receive true shalom for our soul. Peace can be found in a moment with God, absolutely, 100%. However, I believe peace is sustained as we walk with God. As we walk with Him, we have shalom. It's the kind of peace that when Jesus is in the boat with His disciples and a storm rages all around them, that Jesus is still asleep. The fishermen who are used to storms are freaking out and Jesus fast asleep. It's this kind of peace that can rest in the middle of a storm. To experience peace is the result of experiencing the Spirit of God. It's a fruit or a byproduct. It's the produce of the Spirit of God. Nothing else. Nothing else. He is our source for peace. How good is that? All these recipes and things we come up for to try and feel, find contentment, they're great. Let's do them and enjoy them. But let's only look for peace in Christ. Let's not trust in any of our circumstances because they're going to be taken away in a moment. Scripture says, uh, what we sow to the flesh, we reap from the flesh. What we sow to the Spirit is what we reap from the Spirit. It is being in Christ that we experience His peace. Awesome. How good is that? So this is great. We know what peace is. It's shalom. It's completeness for our soul. It's wholeness. It's, it's well-being in Christ. We know that it comes from God. It comes only from the Spirit of God. We get that. That is awesome. How good is that? It only comes from God. And some of us this morning might be sitting here thinking, that's awesome. Peace sounds fantastic. It comes from God. That is, that is so good. But how do I experience this peace? How does peace operate? How do I experience peace on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 40, 50 years from now? How do I experience this peace 
with God. And I love, at the start, I, wrote, uh, I read out that passage in Philippians from Paul, where he's talking to the Philippian church, and he, almost, he gives us kind of a, a handbook for peace, or a practical guide for peace. I love it. It's so good. Because I, I like to propose that in the kingdom of God, the two primary things that underpin everything in the kingdom of God, our relationship with God, everything, is relationship and faith. Relationship and faith. I mean, there are many things to our relationship with God, but the underpinnings of relationship with faith, out of the Trinity, out of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, He created mankind. He wanted, He desired relationship with humanity. Humanity stuffed it up, so God had a plan. He already had a plan because He's God, and He sent His one and only Son, Jesus, the perfect sacrifice to pay for our sins in order that God would reconnect relation, reconnect humanity back to Himself, that there would be reconciliation. His desire is relationship with us. His desire is connection with us. And the way that we respond to His sacrifice is through faith. The way we enter into this relationship that God so desires for us is purely and only with faith. This is how we receive the free gift of salvation. This is how we pray. This is how we spend time with God. This is how we God is invisible. This is how we believe and trust that He is good and that peace comes from Him through faith. And so everything that Paul says here, I don't want us to mistake as purely practical things. No, they're an invitation into relationship. So let's read it again. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near do not be anxious about anything. That is a crazy statement right there. Imagine in our day and age, our climate, where anxiety is on the rise, even in young children, saying, don't be anxious for anything. And here Paul is. He's in prison, let's not forget. He is in prison and he's writing to the church in Philippi who are under heavy persecution from the Roman government and culture. And he's saying, don't be anxious about anything. But Paul, you're in prison. He says, rejoice, rejoice always. It's like, oh, Paul, you're crazy. No, he's giving us an insight in his relationship with God and how peace is at work within him. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident. He says, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. And then here we go. He says, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, which goes beyond human reasoning, which goes beyond our own devices. This peace of God, he says, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. It's almost like Paul is spelling it out to us. He's like, in your relationship with God, when you pray, what's prayer? Talking to God. He's saying, he's, Paul's saying, hey, come, come into connection with God. He's saying when you pray, when you speak to God, when you call upon His name, when you invite Him into your world, into your mess, into your emotions, into all the things that are happening in your life, when we invite God in and we make space and we give Him attention, Paul's saying the peace of God will come, will protect our hearts and our minds. He says in all petition, what's petitions? It's not like 
placards walking around like this. No. <laughs> hey, God. Uh, it's asking God for things. It's asking a good father who will, wants to give good gifts to his children. It's, uh, hey, God, I, I need peace. I need peace right now. I need peace in this circumstance. Things aren't well, God. Things aren't happening good in my life. I need your peace. It's inviting God into our circumstances and asking him to move on our circumstances. It says, he says, he talks about rejoicing, rejoicing in every situation. And he says, uh, what's another one? Thankfulness. With thankfulness, uh, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Let's be, if we are thankful in our life. I don't know about you, but I kind of fall into the trap of um, of not being thankful for it. Like, you know the saying, uh, count your blessings? I kind of, I find that a lot of us count the things we don't have. We count the things missing. Like, I need this, I need this, I, need, I don't have all these things. But God's saying, hey, if you, if you come into prayer in connection with me, if you speak, invite me into your world. If you're, thanks, if you're thankfulness, if you operate with thankfulness in life, thank Him for things. Thank Him for the things around you. If you've got a TV that's too small, just thank Him that you have a TV. Like let's, from a posture of thankfulness, peace is going to flow into our love. God, I can't, I don't, get the, I don't get to go to Japan for that holiday. No, Lord, I thank you that I live in a wealthy country and that I can go camping or just be in a house and have a staycation. I thank you, Lord, that I can relax and I don't have to go to Japan. I thank you for a house with a roof over my head. I thank you for food. As we operate in life with thankfulness and we give him thanks and we have a heart of gratitude, peace starts to come. It says, it says doing these things, it says, and the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. He continues, he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, he says a whole bunch of really good things. We get the point. He says, think about such things. Our thought life. He says, think about such things. Think about good and holy and great things. Think about things. Set your mind on these things. I don't know what fills your mind week to week. But my story is I need to be careful with kind of the music that I listen to. Not that it's like horrible, but just that it's not praise. It's not worship that's entering my mind. It's, it's not entering my ears. It's not entering my life. And I'm like, no, I need to up the percentage of worship and praise that is entering my life. Because I need to think on things that are above Think his ways, not my ways. So I need to fill my life. What are you letting like fill your mind and fill your eyes? What are you allowing to entertain yourself with? Because no doubt those things that you're entertaining yourself with, they're going to drive your thoughts. They're going to they're gonna master your thought life. But God says, no, don't let those things master your thought life. Think of things that are good. Think of things that are holy, that are great. Be thankful. Invite me into your life. And the peace that transcends all understanding will guard your heart. Now, sometimes we might think, but don't we receive from God like without works? Without, you know, we don't have to do things to receive from God. Absolutely. But if we think about faith, what does James say about faith? Faith without action is dead. In my relationship with my wife, to cultivate relationship with her, there are actions, there are things that I do that build relationship. 
that cultivate relationship with each other. Just listen, like, if I look at her while she's talking, that's pretty, that's a good start, right? That's a pretty good one. I'm not great at it, but I'm working on it. But it, listening to her, listening to Jess when she's got something to say, I'm working on that one. Like, I'm, I'm a work in progress, right? You know, I'm kind of like, you know, that building with a scaffold around it. Like, that's me. I'm a work in progress. Uh, but there are things in my life, just practical, real things to cultivate relationship with Jess, to cultivate relationship with my children, with my friends, the people around me. There are very practical things. And Paul is saying right here, he's saying, hey, there are some really practical things that we can do to enter into relationship with God and receive the peace that is only from the Spirit of God. This is how we do it, is through relationship with Christ. It's entering with Him. There's an awesome scripture that I think sums all this up. To how do we experience the peace of God? I would say it's abiding in Christ. If it's only found in Christ, and if everything flows in and out of the things of God through a relationship and faith, the only way I can experience the peace, shalom of God is in relationship and connection with Him. It's as I'm connected to Him. It says in John 15, 5 to 11, says, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a, and, uh, as a branch and is, and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. If the fruit of the Spirit is peace, and we, as we abide in Christ, we are not the vine, we are the branches. We receive the life-giving peace that is of the vine, that is of Christ himself. It is not of our own making. It is not of our own kind of cultivating this peace. No, it is only received in relationship and connection with God. It is abiding with Christ. And that word abide in the New King James uh, can be translated at home with. It can be translated remain or persist or endure or stay with in Christ. Where's our trust? Are we creating space for prayer and connection with God? Are we cultivating a life of thankfulness in order for the peace of God to flow through our life? Are we, are we cultivating a thought life that has our, allows our mind to be set on things that are above rather than below, to be set on the things of God rather than the temporal things of this earthly world? But all of this, I would say, is summed up in abide with Him. Could I invite the band up? This would be great if you guys could come up. As we abide in Him, as we relate with Him, as we spend time in His presence, as we spend time in His Word, we're going to receive His peace. We're going to receive the shalom, peace of God, where we can lay our head down at night and there's peace. It's okay. God is with me. I am with God. I am in Christ. Everything is well. And what helps is entering into this space of cultivating this relationship, abiding 
with prayer, thanksgiving, pondering, meditating on Christ. This is how we abide with Him. It's only through relationship that we receive the peace of God. Jesus isn't this kind of vending machine that we come to. Paul isn't giving us a code to the vending machine to get that kind of bottle of peace. Thanks, God, and, you know, woo, Coke. Um, no, Paul is giving us a guidebook, like I said, of how to enter into a relationship with Christ and how to connect with God and how to be with Him, of how to abide with Him. Because God desires personal relationship with us. And receiving the fruit of the Spirit is only in relationship and connection with Him. And I want us just to, to take five minutes this morning. I'd love us if we could all stand. I just want us to take five minutes just to do that this morning. Because no doubt every single one of us has an area in our life where we we need the peace of God. We need the peace of God. It's only going to be the peace of God that settles our soul. It's only Him. Anything else that promises peace, this shalom peace is a lie. And so I want us to, to wait on God. I want us to come to Him this morning. Because I feel like in preparing, preparing for this message, uh, some of us might be around the things of God a lot. But it's been a while since we've come to Him face to face, person to person. Problems in our life exposed, vulnerable for God to see. You might come to God sometimes with the facade of everything's okay. We're in the back. There's kind of stuff going on. God's saying, hey, I want you to bring that to me this morning. He's saying, cast your cares upon me. He's saying, come to me. No matter how broken things are, no matter what's going on, He's saying, I desire authentic relationship with you. And this, if you trust in me, is how peace is going to flow into your world. There's this great, just, I just want us to finish with this, a great quote from St. Augustine. It says, Thou hast made us, sorry for the old English, Thou hast made us for Thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds rest in Thee. He's where we lay our head. He's where we find home. So let's just take a moment with arms stretched or eyes closed, however you might need to do it this morning. I just want to invite you to connect with God. Just to say, hey God, it's been a while. God, this is what my heart's feeling. I've been disappointed in you. That's okay. God's not scared of that. Hey, God, I've been angry. Hey, God, I've been frustrated. Hey, God, I've been doing these things that I know aren't in line with what you want for my life. It's okay. Bring them to Him. Bring the things of your life to Him. This is how what He desires is connection and relationship. So let's just spend a couple minutes right now just doing that. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here. 
feel right now people are just, even now, are just connecting with you like they haven't in a long while. Holy Spirit, speak to people. Let them know you're here. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.